evening, primetime partiers. It's primetime party time. Welcome back to our hour of all things media and entertainment, live on the air at 9 p.m. at ptptshow.com and on your time, wherever you stream podcasts. Tonight, we're going to get into full spooky mode. We're going to talk about television that truly invokes fear. So we're going to just cover shows from all across the board, old and new. The one thing they have in common is that they will scare you. At least they've scared us and haunted our dreams for, you know, a couple decades at this point for some of them when some in more recent terms. So yeah, as we, you know, just bounce right into Halloween times this, you know, weekend, it's a good time to talk about the shows that scared us first, the kind of horror that either works or does not work for us. And yeah, just to, you know, cover all territory in terms of TV that invokes fear. And joined with us tonight is Brandon. Hello, I'm primetime partiers. As well as obviously Daniel. Hello, good to have you back, Brandon. <laughs> So before kicking off and getting into television that invokes fear, we're going to do our toasts and roasts for the week. Daniel, do you have a toast and roast for this week? I do. Big toast up front. Uh, She's been our toast before, but listener Mary uh, sent us in something really cool. We sometimes do drinks with these toasts and roasts on this show, and had I not received this an hour ago... Uh, in the post, um, I would have suggested one, but she's given the show this uh, "Gone with the Gin" cocktail book. Uh, that's really cool. It's it's kind of it looks like your kind of classic book, yeah. uh, but it's written really fun. It's got all these cocktails, but they've all got really fun Hollywood puns on them. So really fun <sighs> movie puns. Uh, it's it's a hilarious read, not unlike her cookbook that has a lot of character to it that we received on the show as well. Uh, but this is really fun because yeah, it just it, it puts a fun spin on pretty much every cocktail in here and adds a kind of Hollywood twist to its name, and has some fun drinking games to go along with some popular sort of uh, properties and whatnot. And uh, yeah, we'll have to kind of give this a go in the future and, and take some inspiration here. Uh, so thank you, Mary, on that. Yes. Um, Proper toast with those in a future episode, perhaps one that is either our pre-New Year's Eve episode or something that ties in with old Hollywood or why not both? We'll see. Why not we'll both? See. And what's your roast? Okay. Uh, this, is, this is more of like a evergreen roast. Uh, a lot of the primetime community has uh, glasses. You know, I have glasses. I am, if, if you look... On pretty much any art asset for primetime party time, I'm the dude with the glasses. And I got to say, shopping for these things is the worst. Uh, I don't know if you two have this experience, but everybody on on this episode happens to be wearing some spectacles. Uh, it's just an awful experience. I mean, going to the eye doctor is not an awful experience. Got a great place in my hometown that I like to shoot down and go to. And at the end, you know, it's it's always, they, they kind of pull out their selections, and I'm like, I trust you, I love you, but I hate all of these. Yes. Uh, I hate giving them away for a week, because I actually, because I have not found anything new uh, in several years, I actually just replace my current frames with new lenses all the time. I don't know if anybody does that. 
I'm sure no, I've done that before. Likes going for new styles. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, and and so mainly with this one, I just I feel like I shouldn't have. I was. Um, I have the, uh, you know, not to get too into the weeds on glasses here, but I've got the, the type that don't, uh, you know, like, uh, what, what do you call these? What do you call the, the, the edges oh, like of the, the frame? No, the, the non-nose no bridge. The non-nose like, bridge. Yeah. Is that like what that not is? The, the no-nose pads. No-nose pads. <laughs> which is well, very, which is very key. As someone who's worn very fashionable glasses with nose pads, like the skin around my nose has suffered, suffered greatly. All right. Well, not to call you two out, but yeah, I see that you have the non-nose pads. I see that Brandon has the nose pads. I personally, yes. I really like the nose pads. Love to go, uh, love to go back to them. These aren't oh, that great mind. with masks. Uh, uh, I don't know. You know, glasses are just they're they're tough. Like I said, I bought in two pairs. I've renewed these up like four times. Uh, just a terrible time altogether. Uh, terrible accessory. We'll get LASIK in the future at some point. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, glasses shopping sucks. I haven't even glasses shopped in like four months and it's my roast tonight. I mean, I will say that I recently had a glasses incident where my spare pair friend, boyfriend of the host, Sean, is going to get a little roasted because he accidentally knocked over my laptop one day from my nightstand. And in doing so, my glasses skid first and then the laptop landed directly on top of them. Oh. So they... They're like, they're so wonky that I'm like, and also part of like the nose bridge came out, like just like etched. And I'm like, cool, I'll find those weird pieces of plastic in my feet one day. That'll be a fun journey for me. That's somewhat impressive destruction. Also, yeah, what what happened to the edge of mine? Yeah, exactly. That's what we're talking about. Basically. But I will say I've had both great and eh experiences with getting different glasses frames i do really like that uh warby parker has low nose bridge glasses and that has been like a game changer for me they I actually stay on my face feel intimidated walking into a warby parker store we've got one yeah. here in studio city we got one in pasadena i hate them both i don't hate them go both. to the I'm utc one down here okay when, yeah come to san that. diego and go to warby that. parker it's very chill there's yeah. like a boba stand outside. San Diego themed you just warby. have a nice day All the um, i've gone there just to have them clean my glasses and they're super chill about it but yeah, it is it is nice for convenience. I think the only thing that is a downside for them is yeah, if you like your frames, it pretty much costs the same to replace the glass like the lenses as it does to get a whole new set. Hmm. So they it doesn't exactly incentivize you to keep your frames unless you're really attached to them. That being said, they're also very reasonably priced. So if something happens like your laptop freak accident smashes your glasses you're kind of like well i guess i shall be replacing <laughs> yeah well we it's should not not as bad as the ray-ban replacement cost which is <laughs> steep is steep though i do have a pair of ray-ban glasses i really like but they are quite heavy on the face That's so i don't nice. wear them that often yeah. they're more like fashionable eyeglasses but at a certain point they'll be fashionably out of prescription so that'll 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 come it's time brandon do you have a toast and or roast for tonight before we get in before we get into that warby parker also has a a online mop model where you just choose oh, yeah. five glasses and they send them to you or five, five frames and they send it to you and you just decide which ones you like 
So yeah. as someone okay. who doesn't really like the um, the glasses shopping process of going into the glasses store that they treat like a jewelry store. Yes. It is very convenient. However, I I do like getting a bougier pair of glasses because they I think they're worth the investment. Agreed. Yeah, I think if you I like use contacts a good amount of the time, so yeah, I think for me I've gotten to a point of just like, you know, downscaling both so that it's it's not too much optical spend. But I will also say they do the virtual try on now too, and it's pretty accurate. The virtual try on. Yeah, you you just like take your own glasses off. The you can selfie, and it will put the glasses on your face. It's great. Okay, maybe that'll help me conquer my glasses fears. Yeah, and then you can screenshot them and like send them to people. I've done that before. I'll oh. be like, which one? Do these look ugly? And sometimes people are like, don't get. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they're like, Expelliarmus. Do not get that frame. Um, Brandon. Yes. Toast and roast. My toast for this week goes out to my friend uh, Rachel, uh, whom I met uh, through my friend Duke, who I went to college with. Uh, he, it, she is dating him, and I went over to a housewarming party for their new place in Koreatown, which is an excellent place. But while I was there. She saw my long hair. So for those of you who don't know, I grew out my hair during COVID. So I hadn't had a haircut in a year and eight months. So it was quite long. And she saw my hair and she would not stand for it. She she sat me down and gave me a haircut in the middle of her own housewarming party. She for- really just wanted to break in the house completely. We have the party, we have the guests. Now we have the, you know, salon services. Just and now we have a pile of hair on the floor. The The room is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So shout out to Rachel. She is excellent. How's your she gave head me feel? a very reasonable haircut that just feels better now. It's nice. like not as hot. I gotta say, I like long hair, but it is like uncomfortable. Yeah, did, you go for the, be, yeah. did you go for the shampoo treatment at all or? Just yeah, a, I just I don't think I'm good at it. I don't know how to I don't I don't have the I don't have the dedication to comb my hair. I think that that's a large part of it. To like just mm-hmm. sit yeah. down and just comb my hair while I watch an episode of Only Murderers and Only Murders in a Building. You don't have to brush it that much. You you know, you just got like like two minutes, less than two minutes. You're done. Yeah, I, I don't it would have not that be in a Tracy. whole episode. Tracy, I don't I don't have that in me. <laughs> I'm not built that way. I, I, I was barely, built to shave my head for the first half of my life. I barely brush my hair to give credit. I just mostly part it and then I let it do its thing. And sometimes even then I just kind of like go, eh, it's different today. That's what it wants I, to do. We just let see, it do its thing. See, I tried to let it do its thing and its thing was bad. That also happens. That's <laughs> why they invented product. It's also why they invented scrunchies. <laughs> And hats. <laughs> yep. I don't have that sort of dedication. But it's going on to my roast, my roast for this week is stress-related canker sores. So I hadn't had a canker sore since like high school because for some reason high school was the stressful, more stressful part of my life so far. Yes. High school is stressful. It, and it totally makes sense. I stand by it. High school is very stressful. 
depending on who who you are. Yeah, I, 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 there was not a stressful day those four years for me. But continue. Yes, Daniel and, did high school yeah. right though. Let's let love down. I was there. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, I developed a canker sore on the bottom of my tongue for like a week and a half, and I didn't really know it was an option. Like as an adult, because I hadn't had one in like 10, 10 or twelve years. Sure, it wasn't just like a clogged spit gland. Not to get all WebMD on you, but like that can also happen. They can get big. Mm. No, I think I'm gonna go with my own non medical advice. But thank you for your help. I will I will note it and file that away for when I have this conversation later. <laughs> like when I bring it up with my online. <laughs> when i go in to correct my own doctor <laughs> but actually so did it run its course it ran its course i i uh i, I had it for a week then it disappeared like it like it was never there it's also good to let things run their course on that note my toast i have a few toasts one is that uh yeah since we've been on the air i went to portland it was very nice saw my actually somewhat on theme my old college radio buddy um who also did my journalism program with me but she actually hosted way more shows than i did <laughs> i would just pop on her sometimes uh but yeah it was really nice a lot of forests a lot of hiking a lot of wilderness a lot of waterfalls apple picking lots of pacific northwest and autumnal things in general ate lots of good food specifically oh yeah there's like I think the restaurant was called Kamu Dang but it was like a very interesting uh like Thai noodle dishes and its specialty was this like fried pork chop and so it could, you could get it in a lot of different ways but I got this like tom yum noodle soup and the broth was just like <laughs> so great um, the guy even came by, was like, don't add anything to that until after you taste it. And I was like, of course. But then I was like, oh, I could see why a lot of people just go straight in with their condiments, which I always think is rude. But that is also sometimes people are like, I know what I'm doing here. I know what it needs. Uh, but this person was correct. It needed nothing. And it was great. Um, yeah. And then my other toast is that, yeah, past weekend celebrated our one of our shared lovely bestie friends' early birthday. And that was fun. Got to start getting into breaking into the Halloween costumes. Always a great time of year to start going through the costume drawer. I don't know if anyone else has just reserves their costumes from over the years. Like I every so often make a costume and then I just recycle it for as long as possible. So when I reused from this past weekend, my mom made me my sophomore year of high school. So <laughs> really like to throw it back. And then my roast, oh, I could do many roasts. Similar to, to keep a theme going for from Brandon's wrist is that my dog actually has a similar-ish little little like cysty growthy wart type thing that her vet also was like you just gotta let it run its course it should fall off in six to eight weeks I'm like that's cool it looks gross <laughs> <laughs> but 
sometimes you just gotta they're like yeah if it doesn't we'll just chop it off and I'm like "Eh, sounds like what the human doctors would tell you as well uh you know there are times where I do realize my dog seeks more like timely medical care where if it was me I would just be like eh shouldn't be an issue (laughs) this should be fine um so there's that and then my other rest is yeah as a as a PT PT unit, we have been busting our booties for the nine to fives and hoping like we can all get into some more work-life balance towards the end of the year because yeah, that's the one thing that has truly invoked fear is the fear of just not having some goddamn time to ourselves. <laughs> uh no, we'll bring it back. But yeah, we're gonna like have just a just a little break and then we're gonna get into shows that invoke fear. So, shows that invoke fear. Yeah, Brandon, why don't you kick it off for us? Because this was as listeners should know, a episode theme that Brandon pitched for us that we thought was great. So yeah, start us off. All right. So the first thing that I always think about when I think about TV that scares me is Supernatural. More specifically, season one pilot episode. I remember being a child when this episode came out. So I was probably... I wasn't a child child. I was probably like 13. <laughs> and no, I was 12. I was 12. It was um, 2005. 2005, so. September is, is pilot season. So yeah, I was, I, was, I was 11. And I remember seeing this, the trailer of this episode. And for those of you, it, it's, it's a pilot episode. It's about a supernatural being called the woman in white. Spoiler alert. It's It's been... 16 years, you haven't watched it by now, you are you are too late. Yeah. Um, it's it on is, Netflix. It's You're on good. Netflix. Yes. It's about a uh, a ghost who haunts a bridge. And the the key scene in the in just a trailer alone is when one of the one of the characters is driving down the road and the woman appears on the road, but he's obviously driving too quickly, and he drives straight through the apparition and he, you're watching the, tra- the trailer and you're thinking, oh my God, what, what was this about? Then it cuts to inside the car and she's in the back seat. And that moment lives inside my mind to this day. I remember where I was sitting and it wasn't even at my home when I saw this. I saw this at my aunt's house in the middle of the day and it scares, scares me to no end. It, I, I, like, it scares me so much that in preparation for this episode, I just watched the, I just read the, the Wikipedia like plot synopsis. I couldn't even watch the episode and I'm a supernatural I, fan. Yeah. I can still visualize that first episode. It is super scary. Like the rest of the show to me, like, isn't that scary, but the first season and in particular, the pilot, that's kind of the hook of like the show is a nightmare. Like it's great, but also they do horror quite, quite well on supernatural just like yeah 
Yeah, it it had everything. It had the one thing about horror. Not the one thing about horror that I don't like, but like, I'm not like a big horror fan to begin with. I am quite uh, scared. I would change. I change the channel when there are um, when there are scary, like commercials on. I'm I'm that scared oh. of stuff. But this episode just like puts me down. A it runs a chill down my spine, and I still think about it for a show that I really do like. I watched it like weekly until the end, like from season one to season to um, season. I believe like I think it went fifteen, like sixteen. Yeah, when it ended, 16? yes. It's it's a long one. Oh, but oh, it's so it's it's thinking about it now. I definitely understand why people like horror. It's just not for for me. I just I don't like jump scares at all. Jump scares definitely work on me. I will quote from our previous episode surrounding haunted houses that yeah, if I'm ever in any type of environment where someone can scare you, they really enjoy doing that to me for the reaction. Um, I don't like love it in horror movies. I'm definitely more of a psychological thriller fan like grew up on a lot of Hitchcock and then any shows that are kind of like of that genre that are kind of like there is some you know actual there could be actual horror or gory elements but there's like that side of it as well like recent shows like you but also older shows like the Twilight Zone kind of like a large range in there because some of them are veer into more the mind of a serial killer other one is a bit more like you know very diversified ways of being getting into your mind but I kind of feel like I like horror in the same way that I'm a foodie with acid reflux like I don't have the greatest internal system for processing (laughs) horror films and shows but I also have this weird like kind of gravitational pull (laughs) towards a lot of things that fall into that genre so yeah it's always like a I'm not a big fan though of things like I remember watching the recent version of the first part of the it movie and that freaked me out for like a few weeks I was like oh even though it's like you know I don't you know when when they do a good job freaking you out like it's you're like well done filmmakers but also creepy also creepy I also like lived in a college dorm that was allegedly haunted and we decided to just like watch every scary movie imaginable and the origin movie so like if there was the ring we're like oh we have to watch the ring originally made in Japan and same with the grudge we have to watch all the the OGs and I remember watching this Korean horror movie called Pink Shoes I think it's called Pink Shoes or Red Shoes and that one's also really scary too because you don't really understand like it takes a while to understand the logic of the like horror and like the curse in that movie and yeah so that's like it people always get confused because I'll be like oh I don't like that but then they'll be like Tracy do you want to watch this movie and be like yeah like, but I thought you don't like horror I was like didn't say I don't watch it <laughs> <laughs> just just does me dirty sometimes I'm just rolling the dice <laughs> you had you know you had everybody so odds were pretty good 
I think I remember this. There was it was like in the middle of your building, and everybody had brought out like a oh, massive yeah. blanket fort with like big couches and stuff, and there were oh, just yeah. glass windows around. It was a really yeah. interesting vibe. But yeah, I mean, high in numbers, so you know, if people start getting hacked away, like you know, it's like twenty. It's definitely guys. more good odds. fun and less scary to watch those things as a larger group. But I forgot you totally did visit for. One. I was randomly <laughs> there for that. I did not go to that college, but I was randomly there that day. Yep. Every, every when it comes when it comes to horror, like what scares you more, like real, like non supernatural or supernatural? I kind of have a range. Like I think I get freaked out by things that are either extremely realistic, that those can wig me out, or things that are that really do like stick with you and get in your head. I will say, weirdly enough shows that i really love and definitely promote but will still scare me are sh- recent shows like sabrina and lucifer and the reason those freak me out is not because they're actually scary on the surface but because they deal with moral dilemmas and heaven and hell and like existential crisis that i like prefer to not think about <laughs> but they really bring to the forefront of your mind and then when i finish the shows i'm always like Am I doing this right? <laughs> so that that can get me. But then also, like, as we covered in a recent episode, many saints of Newark actually, like, freaked me out because, like, gang violence is very more real. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, like, I remember going to bed and being like, you know, Sean takes Chibi on uh, nightly strolls and this one was like taking a little bit more longer than usual. And I, I remember being like, oh no, did something happen? <laughs> it's like in your suburban neighborhood, Trace, very, you know, anything is possible. I will not jinx the universe, but you know, this is not exactly the same mean streets you were viewing on the film <laughs> earlier. Right. I, I, I mean, serial killers have to live somewhere. This is, this is true. You just, you don't know, like my dog loves everyone, but every once in a while, she will just refuse to say hi to someone. And we've been like, is that person a murderer? Like, can she smell murderers? She's very smart. So like, yeah, we, we're, we are kind of like, I mean, you never know. So, and we'd rather not find out. So yeah, you just kind of like, you have to roll that dice, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with those, but yeah, I do. And I mean, I like shows like Dexter, but like that also is kind of bringing about a, what seems to be somewhat real presence. Someone could oh. be born with this sort of situation. Daniel, what's like the thing that really like gets you? Uh, I don't think we've touched on this yet. Animation. Uh, oh, yeah. For the most part, like, yeah, okay. Like a good jump scare can be a good jump scare. When something in the frame is mismatched with the rest of the frame, if it's moving at a different speed, if it has different rules than the rest of the visual image that we're given, that's when I'm like, whoa, okay. Like that's, that's when I get the chills. That's when I'm kind of like, all right, like, you know, goosebumps all over. I'm going to be thinking about this one for a while. Uh, As far as it goes, Cartoon Network Classic did it really, really well as we were growing up. Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yes. Experimented with this all the time. If if you go to YouTube and you look at the, like the clips of the different episodes, they actually have quite a few of these. They do some stuff where they actually like impose like live action onto the frame and whatnot. 
as far as it goes, the one that really did it for me that kept me up for nights that I'd always, I would be terrified when this episode would syndicate when I was a kid, uh, was the King Ramsey's Return the Slab episode. Oh, yeah. And it's when I forget what the guy's name is. Um, but he basically, like, he takes this sort of, like, this the slab uh, from King Ramsey's and he's getting good luck and stuff. But then King Ramsey's keeps, like, threatening the house throughout the episode. And if, as I remember correctly, like, King Ramsey's is a 3D model within the 2D frame. And so he moves very fluidly and very weirdly, and he doesn't match the rest of the visual style of the show. I hate that. Uh, I hated that when I was a kid, and it still works every single time. Uh, it's still a creepy episode. They did a great job, and that's that's really that's that's what does it for me. Yeah, Courage the Cowardly Dog was definitely a great example of a show that absolutely freaked me out, but I also loved. Like I would just be like, "All right, we gotta get through it. We gotta oh, watch it." Absolutely, so good. But then oh. I also knew I'd have to. I'd have to chase it. That's my main thing is like I have to chase horror TV and horror films with almost the equal, like similar to Charlotte from Sex and the City's ratio of like it takes double the time of the relationship to get over the breakup. I need double the amount of minutes of horror to be like a nice, warm, like heart, hearty comedy. I'm like sorry. I have to watch like, I don't know two-hour horror movie equals four hours of Seinfeld. Like that. <laughs> can we take a second? I Just grew like up on that race. wisdom of the, the half the t- or twice the time or whatever. That's from Sex and the City and people were just slinging that around this whole life? Yeah. I can't Wait, remember. I thought that was from King of the Hill. No. <laughs> I heard that from King of the Hill. No. What? I feel like King of the Hill is probably making fun of Sex and the City because that yeah. feels right. I could see that. You know, everything about that tracks, but just this knowledge drop is really changing what I, my perception of the world. I also felt like that was very common knowledge, but now I realize it is a very uh, <laughs> specific area of a very specific show. So that might have been, that might have been a little niche. But that is that is how I, I have to have like a, a sandwich of content <laughs> when, when I watch horror. Though psychological thrillers, I can usually kind of like watch and go to bed. Like uh, one of my friends growing up um, and I would always watch like Twilight Zone marathons. I feel like the two episodes I can really think of that consistently freak me out, but I'm always like so impressed by them. It's definitely the one with the marionette. Like, it's just so creepy. You always think those, or am I saying that? No, I, I said the marionette, but what I meant to say is ventriloquist doll. The one with that, it's just like, it's weird. You always think those things are creepy. This one is just like so creepy. I can still like imagine the doll like in front of me. It's burned in my brain. And like when it starts to like move on its own, you're just like, ah, and it's, it's so well done. I also like give a lot of credit. I love old horror because of how creative they had to be with, mm. with the lack of effects. And there's so much that's done on the audio side of things. And I know that from like the film score of like the birds, which is a movie, not a TV show, but that one is one where they like did so many weird, like they just make really unpleasant chords to hear as a human 
like they just pick what is least pleasing to the ear what like just sets people off and that kind of gets put in these like jutting ways the same way like they do with psycho where it's like you never see a stabbing it's just like the way they film it is just repetition and in a just really unsavory way that's like twilight zone was more storyline though like a lot of it was driven by that and less so the effects and another episode is you know the guy who's like transported into the future kind of but there's no one there and he's kind of just like lost in space that might even be (laughs) the name of the episode I'm not sure if it's it's correct but that one always is always hits a hits a chord I say this and I have not yet to watch the revamped uh Twilight Zone that I think is on is it must be paramount by now huh because the one that like Jordan Peele I feel like I, I think it's CBS all all access oh CBS all access okay because I think CBS was the original error of Twilight Zone I know that I wasn't so sure how many got enveloped into paramount or not I was like I can't can't remember which networks are on which platforms at this point they keep trading places uh but yeah that's that's one where yeah I've always also regardless of my feelings of horror I will watch every Jordan Peele movie they're just they're just so good uh I love a layered horror movie that also brings on like a and a horror show that brings on like actual issues but then weaves them in in that way which is yeah, if you look at a lot of things like Twilight Zone and then like another area that's kind of like within that or kind of the precursor to how these kind of situational horror shows came to life is like before that it was horror radio shows of like the 30s. And so all of these things kind of like usually tap into like a cultural moment and then they kind of change platforms you're seeing a little bit of a return to that with some of these horror podcasts that have come about that are either full storylines with professional voice actors or just people reading ghost stories. But yeah, it's it's interesting to see this medium kind of blossom in different areas. And you can start with something where it's like black and white and the person's on the plane and it's like, you know, wrapped up within... 30 minutes but it's within this realm that is the twilight and then you could grow into now where we have like a lot of different things popping up on netflix like i have am late to the game it's almost bad to admit hosting a podcast that covers television a lot but i have not yet watched squid game that is apparently quite a would normally be quite a topic for (laughs) shows that invoke fear but from what I have received from this show it would be it sounds like and Brandon if you've watched the show please do chime in it seems like it falls in a little bit in the middle of being psychological but also being quite gory and violent it's, it's moderately gory it's in I I think in the realm of gore it's like a b minus because I because my my gold standard for gore is like Hannibal. Yeah. That's I absolutely one. adore Hannibal because, because for, for me when it comes to fear, I, I'm like mostly scared of supernatural stuff. Because when it comes to like a like a serial killer or like a murderer, I am of them I, I put my I put myself in that situation and I think I think things like 
I bet I could talk my way out of this situation if it were me, <laughs> which is just me being a bit more cheery than I should in that situation. But um, yeah, no, it is not, it's not extremely gory. There are like relatively gory parts, but it's not like watching someone get like eviscerated or anything like that. Since they are playing games, it is like really fun to watch. Is it somewhat like Saw or is it a little bit more in like a Big Brother type of game? That's a great example. It's very much like a Big Brother type of game. Um... Yeah. Yeah, Saw is a little bit more gratuitous. This is very much like, hey, I, I know we're all dying, but like we could still have a little bit of fun here. I like the idea of Saw and Big Brother. Oh, as our resident Big Big Brother fan. It's true. Yeah, yeah. You, could, you could sell me Big Brother with anything, and I'd, I'd probably yeah, <laughs> probably give it a shot. Yeah, psychological horror doesn't really do it for me as much as it as it used to like I, I could watch twilight zone and go through it and get the whole message of like yeah racism is wrong and and not be scared i mean i don't know it's one of those where i guess it's it might be the one that scares me the least and maybe that's why i like it the most uh but it's it's my favorite type my least favorite type is when it's too overly gory and overly like sadistic Mm -hmm. like I just can't do that I'm like oh no thanks but or yeah forgets all there's like the creepy children I'm like no thanks oh creepy children children terrify me yeah like like omen uh it's exorcist exorcist I I can never pronounce that word right um, the orphan Oh my god! The I watched the orphan. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think part of it is also like you have a there's something inside you that prevents you from harming a child, but the child can do whatever they want to you if they're a murderer. And if you were to fight them off, there's still a part of you that's like, I should not punch this this eleven year old. Yeah. 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 I can see that angle. But going back to Netflix series, one that is definitely my favorite, and I think there's a lot of episodes we we could we could chat about, but as a overall, just as a as a show is Black Mirror. I think that's the one the one where it brings a lot of the things we really fear could really become real. And I think, you know, there's a lot, even that early episode where it's like the couple can like see each other's memories that one's really bad entire history of you or something like that yeah yeah so good but also so bad the one where it's like people like they have those robotic bees that go into people's ears and it's like if someone decides like they hate you then like if you get too many unlikes basically it's like if you got canceled on one of the social media platforms, then all these like robotic bees would come and like destroy you. Not the bees. That one was, that one was creepy. I think you're. I think you might be mixing two different episodes. There is a robotic bee episode, and is there is a Yelp for people episode? The yeah, there is a Yelp for people episode. That one's like a little different, but like oh no, the bee one is the one where they say online like this person should die, and it's like yes. these trolls that are like going after them. So yeah, that one. 
is is not great and then there also is the one where it's like yelp for people where like yeah they have the certain like hearts and whatever and that one's just like a ew what's sad is there's definitely people who like think this way and are like very like statusy of like profile and such and you're like Ooh. but then there's another one too that was like a lot of the social media ones I think stuck with me there was one where it's like the political figures and how they were able to kind of build one up where people believed in it and it was really bad and then later and a own, cartoon became president yeah and then yes. and so then we, ahead of its time yep and then we lived our own reality and we were just like that show is really scary it can really can really predict things and then real interesting that you brought up black mirror because black mirror was my second choice on this of ah. a specific episode is the um is the video the horror video game episode oh yes uh, which i can't remember what, what it's called if someone could look it up while i'm like while, while i'm talking uh it is about Bender like Snatch. a horror video game that just finds what you're scared of and and puts it in the game for you so there's like a moderate oh. jump scare in it which is not like in the realm jump scares is perfectly fine i think it's like a spider with a play human face. yes yeah. play test thank you with uh wyatt russell uh, yeah. great episode great yeah, episode. great episode uh and but the twist of the episode like speaks to one of my fears where it's basically like you didn't answer your your mom's phone call and then she died like that is the that is the fear that I have. That's like on like one of my top fears, and also it's the fear that I like grew up with because because my mom would also would always like tell me that like as a kid like it's like like hey I'm gonna die one day. It's like I'm still six though, right? <laughs> it's like yep. It's like okay, I would really not like this burden on me. <laughs> Yeah, just and I just grew up with this fear, and this episode like really like put it into like a more tangible source. Yeah, it also reminds me of a horror movie that freaked me out for a while that was called Stay Alive, based on the video game. And I think the funny part is like I think Frankie Muniz, <laughs> but yeah, it just freaked me out. It was one where it's like if you like died in the video game, then like the creature would come and like actually try to murder you in real life now it's just like oh, freaked me out in middle school and it was one of those where it's just like always got to have somebody keep me company all lights on <laughs> and you know i still think about that, that moving go it's fucking creepy it's you know there's there's nothing sorry i've made this episode officially explicit uh but it is it is horror and i mean we've we've never been a g-rated podcast i don't know why i apologize for this but people ask all the time like as if we're like ned flanders all the time they're like oh can we cuss on this like golly gee and i'm like no yeah of course um but yeah that's that's a good one and daniel is there any shows that come to mind to you or episodes of Black Mirror, since we're on it. <laughs> mm, Black Mirror? No, not really. I mean, like, there's, there's like the visceral kind of fear that we've been talking about with a lot of these, uh, yeah. where it's just like physical, like physical, like incapability, I guess, when you're confronted with something was threatening. And then there's like these great episodes of Black Mirror that 
you know, make you afraid to kind of go out in the world, I suppose. Yeah, that's kind of true. Like the entire history of you is sort of just like, oh God, like, you know, like one, you know, like what do I have to look forward to? And two, you know, uh, is any of this shit worth it? And and, and I, I feel like that kind of like slides more into like a general paranoia realm that's that's somewhat different than fear. Like I keep going oh, yes. to like the, the, the thought I had leaving the theater of Gone Girl and it's like, oh no, I don't trust anyone. I'm not fearful of anyone. I'm fearful of, of the contract I now have with like the world and the people around me. Uh, I, I don't know. The, yeah, I, I, I think it's different in that way. Uh, something that I do find fun though is is uh, I love to hear stories like uh, like creepy pastas online of people oh, yeah. interacting with and the scary stories that come from that. Those are kind of fun. Uh, I don't know any in television, but uh, for example, there's this one I'm trying to look up. Uh, if you guys ever played like the old school Pokemon games, like the first generation oh, yeah. of Pokemon, there's this place called Lavender Town. Uh, where all the Pokemon die basically. And there's this tower of their graves and there's this like really like it's an eight bit theme song for the town, but it's like this really like sad kind of creepy theme song. And when we were teenagers online, there was this sort of like beta lavender town theme going around. And there was this whole like story about it where it's like, Oh, we play tested this with a bunch of kids and the kids went home and died. So they couldn't put this song in. And so you like, you listen to this and it's like, that's great because I don't know. Uh, it, I, I doubt the story happened, and honestly, it's it's probably a remix someone made in like 2010. Uh, I'll have to go look that up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. That kind of stuff is like really fun. Like the Link was dead the whole time, you know, uh, cartridge story, creepy pasta. I don't know if those exist for television. Um, but yeah, that's that's like the other thing I guess in the media like realm that gets me. Otherwise, yeah, it's still just the animation. I think everything else comes from like a different type of paranoia. Um, that's less fearful. Yeah, I think one of my favorite kind of mix of comedy and horror that is television and has gone on for actual decades would be the Treehouse of Horror Simpsons episodes. These are classics. And I and what's really nice, not to just be like a free ad for Disney Plus, but what's nice about Disney Plus is that they have like during Halloween, and I did this last year and this year, they create a whole section of all the Treehouse of Horror episodes. Usually, just kind of rewatch them. I do the same thing with like holiday and Christmas episodes of The Simpsons because I do think like their holiday dedicated episodes are like my faves. Like, can't go Christmas without watching Mr. Plow. It's like one of my favorite episodes of television ever. <laughs> Strong statement, stand buy it um but yeah that's that's one that I always like always like to go back to because they kind of do a nice like mishmash of like you know whatever is either trending in horror that year or kind of throwbacks to like classics with you know the Springfield twist on it yeah the the um the trails of horrors have definitely exposed me to horror as someone who doesn't like horror it exposed yeah. me to like classic horror that I would have not gone got into trying to find out like like uh this isn't really horror this is more like post neo-apocalypse it's like so they did an episode about soiling green that's really good where, where the where the school staff is, is eating children yeah and they do things like ones on like the shining and like different things like that where i would have not necessarily gone out 
and watch that because I also grew up in a household where my parents didn't really like horror other than Hitchcock. So that was something where it's like, yeah, I was going to have to go like discover that on my own. (laughs) But you always have that friend who's like, let's watch every like Halloween movie. And then you're like, oh, yeah, these are scary. But Treehouse of Horror, I think, is a good gateway into fearful television because they are still scary. But then they also are still Simpsons. <laughs> they are really funny. There's there's a there's a set somewhere where it's like groundskeeper Willie dies in, in every bin vignette, and yes. it's excellent. And one of them he kills by he gets killed by by Maggie, and Maggie speaks in a very deep voice, saying, "This is indeed a very disturbing universe." That cracks me up every time. <laughs> they're they're good. They're really good, and. Yeah, I think we're like, you know, pretty, we might have covered a lot of ground for TV that invoked fear. Do we have any final thoughts on on horror television? Any any final themes that we don't think we've covered? Hmm. Did anyone ever watch R.L. Stein, the Goosebumps, the TV series? Oh, uh, you know, I didn't. I actually think Sean did. There watched, is one uh, that's really scary about, also about Van Van Tullenquist dolls. It's like uh, Night of the Living Dummy, and it is like really unnerving. They they make a very scary dummy. Yeah, that's. I think the other show I could think of, but there's not much to say on it. Is like I think ABC Family now freeform used to have those like shows where they were like ghost hunters but i can't even think of them as scary now because of the curl show where they had like <laughs> ghost hunters. <laughs> you know what scares the shit out of me what it's like not tv at all it's it's like one of the early photographs uh it's like abraham lincoln but it's not like his regular like five dollar bill photo it's the one where he's kind of like off to the side his hair's down he looks lanky yeah. as hell he's like staring into the camera you guys ever seen that one i don't know that i have Maybe, but, but, but old timey stuff like that does scare me yeah like, like just watching like old like 1800s footage like you guys oh. like aren't only dead you've been dead yeah it, it's it's scary because it, it reminds you of time. Yeah. No, I and time is scary. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Going back to film school, like all the Lumieres or, or the films and, and whatnot, like you you what I stole them all and sometimes I'll cue them up when I just want to freak myself out. Like it's this weird shit. Yeah. Just like in someone's backyard in France, like 130 years ago. Ugh. Yeah. I also feel like what scares me more about some scary movies is that someone came up with it. Yeah, that's true. You know, write what you know, I mm-hmm. guess, right? So, like, yeah, there's especially, like, really, like, creepy or gory ones. Like, I even remember saying that as, like, a 13-year-old where I went to my mom's, like, what freaks me out? This came out of someone's mind. Someone's mind thinks about this shit. Yeah, that's even though I feel like I've had some nightmares where I'm like, you could probably make that into a movie. Like maybe somebody's just really repurposing their dreams <laughs> and be like, what I can do is make some great, some great cash, they, some sweet cheddar from this. Oh, so yeah. it's a hell of a way to, uh, you know, turn your trauma into uh, <laughs> trauma into know. art. Yeah, every time. sweet, sweet dollar bills. Sweet dollar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Has anyone ever heard of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Asks Just the Facts. Every episode is a standalone. I have. I'm unfamiliar with it. I have heard of it. That one is really scary. I was also really scared of Don't Look Under the Bed, which is a Disney Channel original movie. It's about like the boogeyman. But I remember as a kid, it was really, really scary. It's one that I'd be interested to watch now and be like, is this still going to freak me out? Or am I going to be like, this is lame. And without further ado, that's going to be TV that invoked fear. This show could not have been made without the following amazing people. We're talking our artwork. It was done by Fen. Find her at Fenlante on Instagram. Our theme song was done by Jay Wright. Find him at jwrightmusic.com website with thanks to Coco, production managers BMAC. BMAC as well. Thanks for coming on. Great having you on this episode. Yeah. And you can find episodes of Primetime Party Time on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Uh, if you want to rant, roast, and or rave with us, you can hit us up by sending us an email at info at ptptshow.com via our voicemail or chat box, both on the ptptshow.com homepage. Uh, we're going to swap to be in an explicit show as of the publishing of this episode. And you can catch the next primetime party time next Monday, live at 9 p.m. Pacific, right here on ptptshow.com. And uh, yeah, it's Halloween week, so get extra spooked out. No, I just, yeah, that's, that's all I got. Tracy, you said that you don't yes. go at Christmas without watching Mr. Plow. I personally don't go in without watching uh, all of the other reindeer, but that's beside the point. Have you done your October Buffy the Vampire rewatch that you say you do yearly? Oh, I haven't begun it yet, which I know is late in the game. But For a seven-season oh, show? Happening. You're ambitious. It's, I definitely don't finish it by Halloween. Okay. Oh, I more just okay. like begin it in Halloween because it takes a few months. <laughs>